I'm Emily. I'm a mama of three and a nurse by trade. I love women's health and empowering mamas to be their best selves. Kick ass moms. Join me every Tuesday on my podcast, Otterly Mama, as I share stories, tips, and tricks that I've learned along the way and bring in experts to get us through the lows and celebrate our highs. Let me support you through this mama roller coaster ride. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Since Sunday was Mother's Day, I figured what the hell. Might as well have my own mother on my podcast about moms and invite her to talk about her favorite memories with her mom. And then I can talk to her about what she remembers as her favorite memories with me and then share also what my favorite memories with her are. And then I'll wrap it up and bring it full circle. So without further ado, here's the one and only my mama. So what's your favorite memory of your mom? Well, I don't really have a favorite memory. Every holiday, we would have a huge meal. And when we were done, she would win them TV trays back in the day. And she would fill them with everything that we had, that we had eaten. And then she would have us go and deliver them to the widowed old ladies on the street who would be waiting for their holiday meal. Mm -hmm. She was just so busy. I don't really have a lot of things with me and her. She used to take me to, this is another favorite, to the, the little cafeteria in the hospital. So she'd get her paycheck, and then she and I would walk down there, and I'd have my grilled cheese and French fries and chocolate milk. And she'd have, I don't know what she would have, but what was kind of a, a thing we did that mm-hmm. and we walked everywhere because she didn't drive so all my older brothers and sisters were off doing things so often it was just her and I mm-hmm. and we would walk downtown if we needed you know one time I needed a coat so we walked over town and it was like a couple miles mm-hmm. and walked back and I just remember all the things she did for everybody yeah you know and how she ran the whole place and kept it going and mm-hmm. she'd get up every single morning probably at five o'clock and write because she was all by herself she would have no interruptions from eight kids and my, my sister Kathy figured out that she was all alone so she would get up early so she could have her to herself oh that's smart but I think Kathy started writing then too mm-hmm. you know yeah so so there's so many, many, many things in a big family that there wasn't a lot of things for just her and I, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So the things that she did for everybody, she did a lot of things for everybody. Yeah. And she, you know, accomplished a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She did. She did a lot of things. Were you there when I called her my little fat grandma? Yes, I was. <laughs> it was Easter, I think, and she came to the door with Aunt Chan, and you ran to the door, and we opened the door, and you said, come in, my little fat grandma, and she laughed and laughed and laughed. She thought that was hilarious, and we were like, Emily, and she said, no, that's fine. 
Well, because I mean, you ask her how she was, she would oh, say, yeah. I'm fat and happy. So yeah. I assumed it was okay to call her fat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure she said that back then, but maybe she did when mm-hmm. you were little. But how old was I? Two or three. Oh, wow. Yep, you were little. I think it was more like from a toddler thinking, you know, the, the obvious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just play, playing around with my language and is this okay? Boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's okay to say? What isn't? <laughs> well, you were with her a lot during that time when I would have stuff I had to do, like when I'd have a sewing job or something and mm-hmm. I'd take her new to her house. Yeah. So I think you were just real familiar with her and that was all okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I might have called her that a few times and no one knew it. <laughs> Except that for could her. Be. That could be. Oh. Could be. She told me the stories. Being the youngest, I the other kids didn't get all the stories that I did. And a lot of times I'll be telling them something and they'll be like, what? <laughs> so like when she was in Pearl Harbor. And her brother was out on a ship and came during, you know, during World War II. Mm-hmm. And they came into port and he found her and brought his friend. And she was mortified <laughs> because they looked awful. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to go to the mess hall and she took them and they just shoveled the food in. She was so embarrassed. They were so hungry and they Aww. hadn't had real food in so long being out on this. They were out on the, the I don't the turret. He worked the turret, I think. That He was on a gunship anyways. Oh. So they were starving and they had ringworm and she had to figure out, she'd go to the pharmacy and like make something, I guess, and oh, wow. for them to take with them. And So she compounded meds to, wow. Mm-hmm. Whatever was available then. She would tell me about how the soldiers would get to Pearl Harbor. They would pour sulfur on their wounds and put them in a plane and send them to Pearl Harbor. From like the battlefields? Yep. Really? Oh, from Japan. Got it. So they, you know, not just from Japan. I don't, you know, they would just put put them on a plane and they couldn't do anything for them. They just dumped sulfur on them and send them. Wow. He said it was, it was really pretty pretty you know it was disturbing but you know everybody was doing their job so they took care of them you know just immediately yeah because mm-hmm. there was a big hospital well I guess it would be the closest hospital or like makeshift hospital for them would be Pearl Harbor yeah Insane. in the middle of the ocean yeah they had a good size um facility I think for you know the time yeah interesting and yeah she had a lot of stories and so I just feel like I didn't so much have memories of doing stuff with her or memories of things that she did, you know, like making things happen at our house. You know, she'd be making sure that there was Sunday dinner and everybody went to church that on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of the things she wrote, she would write, you know, I got up and went to seven o'clock mass and Kathy went with me. And then, you know, this happened and then that happened. And, but she would then chronologically say who went to mass at what time. And <laughs> <laughs> her writings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like going over there, like, I don't think she wrote to me 
when I was in college, but I remember her sitting down and writing letters to everyone yeah. when they would be at, away at school, all the grandkids. And but then she'd make a copy. She'd yeah. make a big, long, you know, news bulletin mm-hmm. and make a copy for all of the grandkids that were in college or yeah. away. And right. then there would be a lot of people that didn't want everyone to know their business. <laughs> <laughs> So they'd come home and they'd be like, hey, did you read mom's newsletter? Oh, I'm no. Like, and then I'd, look, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but she was looking at it from when she was in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And, you know, there wasn't, no one could call, no one, you got no messages from home. So she was always looking for mail. Yeah. So for her, sending mail to her grandkids when they were away. hmm was a big deal you yeah. know keeping them all in the loop no matter what the uh yeah. story was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or if anyone wanted their stories told interesting yep yep that, that kind sure. of that sheds a little light on some members of the family <laughs> <laughs> yep so that was interesting sometimes yeah. but she would she would write to my brothers and sisters and she, there wasn't any copying machines back then when they were all in college. So oh, yeah. It would have been four of them, I think. Four Did of she them do, like, been. carbon copies? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then they would, all, when they'd all come home, they'd be like, who got the original? <laughs> I want to know who got the original. Because <laughs> oh, it was a competition? <laughs> yeah. Who she like best? Who got the original copy? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory that you spent with us kids? Oh, gosh. Or a favorite thing to do with us? Um, yeah, we used to always go for bike rides after dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was neat. That was a nice, you know, when you and you guys were all little and then you were happy to like, you know, you wanted to go and, you, you know, and I think you were riding on the back of my bike, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you and I used to take real long walks when the other two were in school and we would walk for miles. I would go for a three or four mile walk and you just loved it. You would love looking at flowers and like when the trees were budding, you know, and all the flowers on the trees and we'd smell them and you know, you loved going for long walks. You always wanted to go for a long walk. Yeah. I don't remember that. I think I remember being older, like riding a bike or something and stopping and smelling all the flowers, like when they would were in bloom, Mm -hmm. like over by the river, over like over by Allie's house. We might have been like walking to Allie's house. Yeah. Those are, you know, fun. We used to always, I feel like when you guys are real little, we would go for a bike ride, you know, in the summer Mm -hmm. um, after dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. This last episode that I just put out, like the I interviewed a therapist and she said, like, to be a good enough mom, you only have to like give your kids undivided attention for 30% of the time, which seems like not a lot at all, like setting the bar really low. So, <laughs> and I, I've been like racking my brain of things that like I remember with you, and and it's not always like these big, like drawn out things or like big events or anything like I I remember reading like the 
uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder books with you, like yeah. the chapter books. Yeah. Like I enjoyed that time one-on-one with yeah. you and you'd read yeah. to me the, the big chapter books. Mm-hmm. I remember reading Roald Dahl at camp. And Katie oh, yeah. was engrossed, mm-hmm. you know, like both yeah. of you would be like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big thing for me, like reading the books yeah. together. It's so hard to you know, continue and everybody keeps getting older and more things are going on. It's so hard to continue those things. So I was just, I was thinking about like all these things we try to do as moms and, you know, try to make like this perfect environment or whatever. But in reality, it's like, kids don't remember that. No. They don't remember like the really hard times or they're like, I guess if it's really traumatic, they do, but like... They remember the quality time they spend together or, yeah. you know, whatever you focus on, like your thing was, yeah, like taking walks and like spending that quality time with us and whatever that looked like, even though like there are all these hard times, like, you know, I don't remember when you get mad and start yelling at them or, you know, hope not. <laughs> yeah. As long as it doesn't happen like all day, every day, just like that. Like she said, that 30% of the time you are present and being like really active with them. And then yeah, that's good enough, which is so surprising to me. Well, they're also learning how to handle their lives by watching you, you know, to yeah. be able to juggle and get everything to happen the way it's supposed to. And then they still get fed and they still have clean clothes and the house is still picked up. Beyond those basic needs though, I think if they don't have those basic needs like food, clothing, and the emotional attachment or whatever those, you know, like the Maslow's hierarchy, I don't remember what they are, but like as long as those like immediate needs are met, then then they're okay. But on top of that, it's like that 30% of the time. Yeah, you need 30% of the time undivided, right? Undivided <laughs> attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or maybe it's not even undivided attention, but just being there. It's, it's hard with three kids to have undivided attention for every single one. You know, I feel like as moms, we worry so much about everything. Where you're worried about, like, doing the right things and making sure we were well educated and you know what I mean do you remember when you were real little or any point really I feel like I had so much I was well schooled in the whole thing so I don't think I did that that much yeah because you know I was an aunt when I was 10 yeah and there was babies around forever all the time right and I learned all of that from, you know, from my mom and my sisters. And, you know, it was pretty helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, like, nowadays, we don't live close to you. We don't live yeah. close to a lot of people. And, like, I'm, a lot of people are that way. You know, they don't live in the same town that they grew up with anymore. A lot of times people move across the country and they just don't have the support that they would if they were right. still in their hometown. And. I wonder if that like makes it worse, maybe more worries. I don't know. Just speculating. Oh, from my end? Sure. No, I think for me, I just wish I could be around more to help you. But, you know, that's really the only thing. Yeah. 
my mom wrote a poem that I actually, she used to always want me to read her poems. Like mm-hmm. when you guys were little and I would always, I'd say to her, mom, I can't cry right now. Okay. Aww. Cause they were so today I was looking through her stuff and I was like, Oh my gosh. But this was about, it was called the pocketbook. Mm-hmm. It's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> What was it about? She just wrote so, like she had studied, like she'd been watching, you know, like like that day, maybe like you guys having a little play purse and what you put in it. Mm. And then she said about how like a 10-year-old little girl has a purse and what she puts in it. Mm. And then what the teenager puts in it and then what the young mother puts in it. And then yeah. it comes back around to the old lady Aww. who just empties it and keeps putting it back in. We're <laughs> putting $20 bills in it and hiding them in different pockets. <laughs> yeah. That was so well written. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but um, she gave one to uh, Ellie Mom, and Ellie Mom cherished it, a copy oh. of it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. But that's why I couldn't read your stuff all the time because I know it's dirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, what do you need to tell me? <laughs> Can you buy some donuts? Can I what? Can we, could you buy some donuts? Buy you some donuts? Mm-hmm. Okay. Poppy, do you have a favorite memory with Nana? Uh, what's your favorite memory? Um, something special that you and Nana did together? Oh. True to toddler fashion, she rambled on and on and didn't really come up with her favorite memory. (laughs) So I wanted to give you a little insight onto what my life was like growing up and what wonderful, strong women I've had in my life. And also to remind you that you don't have to be that perfect mom. You do not have to be on the ball and doing everything just right. Kids aren't going to remember that. Find what you and your child like to do and go with that and spend that time together doing whatever it is that you both enjoy doing. My mom mentioned that she didn't spend a lot of one-on-one time with her mom, but when she did, her mom told her stories. Her mom brought her places, like whether they were walking somewhere together or going to pick up their paycheck, which I realized that my mom used to do the same thing with me. As I got older and had my first job, we'd go every Saturday morning to the bank and deposit our checks together. There was definitely direct deposit at the time, but it was just that bonding that we had together, that enjoyable moment that she also carried over with me. And as you may have guessed, one of my love languages of receiving love is quality time and also giving love too. So I really enjoy spending quality time with people which is awesome because my mom also feels the same way. So my mom had this wonderful woman, her mother, as a role model for her, that she wasn't even nervous about being a mom because she had been around children her entire life. Like she said, she was an aunt from the age of 10 on, so she was always around babies. Her mom taught her very well how to care for children. She said even the small things like you have to bathe your child every day and get their little tiny crevices clean so like any 
rolls they might have on their legs and washing behind their ears and in between their fingers and toes, just little things like that. My mom learned it from a very young age, so she was very confident in her mothering skills and then carried it over to me and my sister as well. So don't look at it like you have to be this 100% on the ball mom all the time. That's not it at all. Just be your authentic self and enjoy spending time with your kids. Sure, I remember things like going to the beach with my mom and my family, but that's not the things that stick out. It's not those big extravagant things that stick out to me. It's those little tiny things. And I feel like that was the same with my mom. She cherished the moments that her mom would tell her stories or the letters that she would read from other people that my grandma was telling the gossip of the family to the rest of the family that not everyone wanted all that news to be passed all over a big family. There was eight children and she had 24 grandchildren. So that's a lot of people knowing your business. But my grandma wore all these hats. She was a caregiver. She was a writer. She was a storyteller. She was a nurse. And in the Navy, she was even a pharmacist tech. So if I can impart anything on you during this episode, it's just look to the people around you. Look to those strong women role models in your life and see what was important to them and see what you remember from them and see maybe if you can carry on that tradition as well. I feel like a little bit of my grandmother is with me every time I'm doing this podcast. This is my creative outlet. I'm taking what I've learned from her and her storytelling and sharing it with others. I wanted so badly to find that poem, The Pocketbook. We looked all over for it, but no one could find it. So bear with me as we think about this pocketbook. Let's be that little toddler who places the most valuable, cherishable things into her pocketbook. And as she gets older, as she develops as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, she only puts those most cherished things into her pocketbook. And she keeps those throughout the rest of her life. It may change over the years, but what still stays the same is those most valued items. It's not money. It's not these extravagant events that we do with one another. For me, it's that time spent with the people that I love. And also remember to get rid of that shit in your pocketbook. Get rid of that crap, that garbage that's weighing you down, that's weighing down your pocketbook because you don't need it. Focus on you and your family and the positives. So take out those old receipts, chuck them in the garbage as if they are just those negative things in your life. Get rid of them. Move on. Enjoy your family and have an absolutely wonderful week being yourself with your children and your family. All right. I forgot to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Have an amazing Mother's Day week. Because she had just like, you know, copies and it was like scribbles. I like doing inside lines now. You do? Oh, good. <laughs> John's like doing crazy. Like what you heard? Yes, I did just stoop that low. But regardless of how cute she is, if you like what you heard, connect with me on my social feeds. 
or subscribe. Thank you. Oh, and don't forget to tag me so I can personally thank you. See you next episode.